0: Hi everyone, and uh, welcome in our third episode of Crypto Talks. My name is Maciej Miałkowski and I'm a business development executive at Neton. And today with our special guest, we would like to cover on ramping aspects. So please welcome Szymon Sypniewicz, uh, CEO and co-founder of Ramp Network. Hi, Szymon. Hi, good good to be here. Glad you are here. Uh, all right, so, Shimon, maybe ju- just to start, and uh, maybe you could introduce yourself a little bit and tell us a little bit, a bit more about what you're doing, what Ramp Network is.
1: Oh, sure, um, with pleasure. So, um, we co-founded Ramp with my um, co-founder, Shonek, um two years ago, and what we focused on is making onboarding to the crypto world as easy as possible. What we found out is that, There are multiple very interesting and very useful applications of crypto uh, popping up all all around the world, Um, but still the UX uh, or customer journey for a newcomer, a person that is tempted by the value proposition of crypto-enabled products like wallets, like exchanges, um, like decentralized finance um, applications, still find it very hard to um, get their money uploaded to the internet, let's say. Um, so th- this process uh, typically or traditionally involved uh, a third party exchange um, that would uh, get a payment in fiat money or in your state money and then exchange it to uh, to crypto for you to withdraw it and then only the, on the after that to use it. And this resembles a little bit um, how the internet and e-commerce used to work before PayPal um appeared and started um this rapid boom um in e-commerce um it used to be very hard for companies um in e-commerce to collect payments um and it was a very manual uh, process before companies like paypal and uh, maybe more domestically in poland pay you um, and we are a close equivalent so a, a utility that is being used by multiple Uh, crypto companies that allow their users um, to purchase crypto very easily and very uh, fast uh, within the interfaces of um, those apps that users actually want to use. So we cut out a third party with a third uh, party application um, that you need to send your user to and uh, we give you a very simple SDK that you can embed into your product to allow your users to purchase crypto. Very
0: easily and efficiently. All right. So you mentioned that on ramping allows users to, like, add add, add the the coins are the the fiat uh, currency to to the cryptocurrency world. Um, And what you are focusing on is basically allowing much better UX experience. So can you elaborate, elaborate a little bit more how it used to looks like, and maybe how still it looks like? And what advantages it gives around network in this area?
1: Oh, yeah. So um, it used to be like uh, if you would like to use a crypto product, um, the crypto product owner would just tell you that you need to go to a uh, crypto exchange like Kraken or Coinbase. Um, and then you would uh, you would be hit in your face with the requirement of doing a very uh, complicated KYC procedure. Um, because those exchanges do not differentiate small-time one-off users crypto users uh, and crypto traders so they would always do a kyc procedure as if you would uh, be preparing for exchanging like millions of dollars um, on their platforms and if you are a just a small-time user um, that really intends to you know um, exchange 30 or 100 bucks uh, to some cryptocurrency you um, this process was just less than ideal and uh, suboptimal for uh, multiple reasons. Um, we know that in e-commerce, uh, cutting off you know, just one stage or one step from customer journey um, increases uh, the conversion very significantly and reduces dropout rates. And um, in crypto, um, this wasn't the priority for a long time, but now as we are focusing more and more on uh, providing good UX, especially to people who are first-timers in the crypto uh, industry. Um, we now realize that this is very important to cut out the steps. So with Ramp, it looks entirely different. When you want to use a crypto product, you come in and um, within the actual product, you're presented with a very simple, um, very fast uh, checkout flow uh, provided by Ramp um, that allows you to purchase crypto um, without leaving the actual app. And we also uh, use a tiered KYC procedures so that if you are a small time user and want to buy, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 uh, bucks worth of crypto, we would treat you differently than uh, big time traders who are doing tens of thousands um, at at one time. Um, So those are like uh, two major ways we are improving the flow. And this works um, both for the end users who want to have. A better flow and uh they don't want the hassle of um you know circling around between an exchange and the actual product which could, which could be a wallet or perhaps a decentralized exchange or maybe a defy um, application or a blockchain based game uh, they just want the crypto here and now and we provide them with that and um this really makes a whole, whole lot difference uh in the world of crypto where it used to be um very
0: laborious and long, long process right but regarding kyc i still like it's kind of interesting for me because for example like these huge exchanges that are very popular and we all know them uh, the kyc process sometimes can last even like up to one or two days uh, mm-hmm. like verification of your accounts of your id etc we all know that so mm-hmm. how you are solving that that you managed to crosses the kyc within even you mentioned a couple of minutes so mm-hmm. that's really great boost uh so is it still like even the same um is it also as accurate is it also as safe
1: mm-hmm. um it's absolutely safe and um we can we can assure that um by two ways so one way is um By doing um, verification based on banks' APIs, what Ramp is um, very big on is our PSD2, Payment Services Directive 2, or Open Banking, which allows us to connect with um, APIs of European banks and pull some uh, basic customer identification uh, data from there. And um, this really cuts the process that that processing time to just seconds because we automatically process this information and we can allow the user to do a small, uh, maybe a couple hundred uh, bucks worth of a transaction based on just that. Um, For very small transactions, uh, we sometimes also use uh, occasional transaction uh, exemption, which kind of in compliance lingo means that if a user is just doing a one-off, one-time transaction, we'd not need to treat them as a full-time, like. Full blown um, business partner, and uh, we can skip uh, the KYC. But then the fraud problem remains. And um, in such case, Ethereum proves to be uh, very efficient and uh, very helpful in terms of uh, spotting fraudsters who would like to, uh, for example, uh, try to do multiple small uh, operations. Um, you know, just uh, trying to uh, appear as if they are multiple clients. Uh, doing a small one of transactions where we skip uh, some of the compliance procedures. Uh, but then we can track them and uh, actually realize, uh, thanks to Nikon APIs, that um, those per- persons um, are actually one person uh, who's trying to avoid our uh, KYC policy and uh, either commit fraud or uh, try to do something illicit um, and do not want to get tracked. Uh, or identified by us as required by, by law. Um, and so this way, we can actually let through uh, a lot of genuine, uh, honest users um, who do, do not necessarily need to get a full screening um, with, let's say, their ID. And at the same time, prevent uh, situations where people use this provision or um, you know a loophole um, to, to launder money or commit fraud. So Econ is very useful with that.
0: All right, uh, you mentioned extremely interesting topics regarding open banking, which is like um, on the mouth of everyone in this industry, the PSD2 is coming soon, but of course it's postponing due to various reasons. And uh, I think all of us can agree that it's a g- huge boost in, in, in this industry and there are a lot of possibilities. Uh, but could you elaborate a little bit more where, where exactly you see the value beside uh like getting direct connection to the banks to the mm-hmm. information from the banks mm-hmm. and uh, how is it accessible right now because mm-hmm. uh we are both companies based in poland we know that psd2 and open banking is still uh it's rather an open topic than uh, like something that is operating yes. uh, but how it looks in europe how it looks for you in where you're operating actually
1: yeah so um (laughs) we've been working with open banking apis since uh their very inception in 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 the uk which uh started a little bit earlier uh than than the rest of europe and um yeah like we've got a pretty good view on what those apis could provide in a mature form because in the in the uk those apis are already pretty useful and uh, offer a lot of value, Um, but also we are uh, uh, very aware of the growing pains of the industry because uh, we try to um, apply the same approach and build very similar uh, value propositions for our customers outside of the UK uh, in continental Europe and It's not always uh, possible because, uh, as you mentioned, uh, it's still very early in terms of um, building out the infrastructure required to make open banking um, to make open banking a real um, game changer, or to make it uh, really, or to actually um, realize the promise. Uh, that we are all so excited about, and what was this promise about? Um, so I think that uh, two major uh, um, things are 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 very important and valuable. And one is, as you mentioned, the ability to extract data from uh, from banks. Um, this is very valuable because uh, there is very little uh, information that is that could be trusted to be as accurate and as well um, documented as data that, that is in your, uh, that, that your bank actually gathered because banks have, uh, very strict regulations in terms of how, um, you know, the, your account is being, um, started or, uh, created, uh, what data they need to gather, um, and, uh, how to, uh, actually confirm your identity in the process. So this we find, uh, very interesting, um, for compliance reasons. Um, but also, um, payment initiate, so-called payment initiation, where um, you, you actually get access to um, to API that allows you to initiate payments with your users' uh, uh, bank directly. So actually, you get a very similar uh, access to banks' backend infrastructure as um, what Visa and MasterCard really enjoy. So Visa and Master, MasterCard actually have those connections that allow them to initiate payments from from banks directly. And now um, this category just got uh, broadly open to uh, competition. Um, So something that used to be an oligopoly of a couple of uh, international um, gigantic corporations is now uh, something that is slowly getting more and more um, open. And with time, it will get commoditized. Uh, so we can be very excited about uh, payments getting cheaper, uh, safer, and more convenient to end users. Um, but there's there's really still a long way uh, ahead of us before we can realize this promise. Because right now, uh, the coverage of those APIs, uh, of, of the, the API access, is, is pretty patchy. So um, many banks still uh, are falling behind the schedule. and. Um, have not yet introduced um, PSD2 compliant APIs, or their APIs uh, are so unreliable that they could not be used in a real-world uh, uh, application. Um, but I'm still pretty pretty optimistic, and I think that uh, in the future we're going to see a lot of good changes uh, happening in the in this segment thanks to opening up uh, this big big opportunity. How we use that in, in, in RAMP and how we think this is uh, very exciting for crypto um, is that those payments, unlike card payments, are um, very secure and it is very hard to revert them. And uh, this is very helpful when fighting uh, friendly fraud. So uh, frauds where people claim that um, uh, th- their accounts or payment instruments uh, got abused by some a malicious third party and that this malicious third party initiated a payment from their bank account, for example, with a debit card or credit cards, um, and then got the crypto. Um, and then such, uh, such fraudsters would, would claim to their bank that uh, they want a chargeback. back. So um, whoever sold them uh, crypto assets um, now lost, would lose uh, the money that has been claimed, uh, as well as crypto assets, because crypto assets uh, transfers are irreversible so um, this kind of fraud is a flag of, of this industry and we think with that with uh, those open banking apis you can fight this um, because first uh, the security and um, the the, the, uh, the mechanism used, mechanisms used to identify uh, the end user who is uh, doing such transactions are uh, much more robust than with debit credit cards. So fraud is um, much harder to, uh, to 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 commit, um, and uh, second is that you you cannot reverse or charge back uh, those payments. So those are um, very good for companies that have a lot to lose in in, in, in case of a chargeback, uh, such as you know crypto companies. Um, so we are very happy with uh, the results that we got uh, working with pendant initiation in the UK and we really hope that in the next couple of months we're going to be able to um, roll this out to multiple um, other European countries and offer um, safer and much cheaper um, services that you know, have uh, UX comparable or even better than um, what you would achieve using credit cards uh, for buying crypto.
0: Shimon, isn't it kind of irony that uh, the centralized world, crypto world is still due to open banking uh, relating and like using centralized banks and this whole financial industry?
1: Um, yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned that. So I, I believe that, um, even though the promised land for us is, is a world where, um, the, the state issued money, um, goes away or fades away and gets replaced by um, community issued um, cryptocurrency or crypto assets and normalizes uh, the fact of paying and exchanging value with crypto assets. Uh, we are still living in a world dominated by um, centralized banks and you, you just need a way to um, bridge these two. So um, to really to, to really migrate uh, to this new promised land, I believe um, we need good bridges. Um, and open banking serves as a great bridge um, between, you know, banks' ledgers and the decentralized crypto ledgers um, to exchange values between those, and ultimately, um, you know, to migrate value from banks' ledgers to to uh, the new promised land of crypto. Um, open banking is very good at that because. Um, it, it offers irreversible fast and very easy um, money transfers um, that are stripped away of many many problems that are pretty disturbing and uh, increased costs and and friction um if credit cards or debit cards are concerned so we believe that this is actually next next generation of crypto exchanging uh will be powered by open banking and this is something that ramp, is betting very big on. Um, and I, I think that um, in, in the very near future, uh, there will be uh, a world of coexistence. So centralized banks um, and central banks uh, will coexist with uh, community-issued um, store of value and uh, payment instruments um, like, like uh, Bitcoin or Ethereum. Um, and uh, Ramp is here to bridge those two and ultimately allow for migrating from uh, the world of centralized to, to the world of decentralized value transmission.
0: Right, really looking forward to like, see that these two worlds will be more uh, connected and uh, exchanging each other. And maybe soon we will also see like, completely separate de- the decentralized world. Hope so. All right, Shimon. Thanks for your time and thanks for these really interesting uh, insights. Uh, We'll be we'll be covering a few more topics in the next episodes. So, looking forward to hear you soon. Thanks for today.
1: It was a pleasure. Looking forward.